Uh, very good morning, friends, and welcome to the show once again. It's Oliver Callan here with you until 10 o'clock on this wet and muggy Tuesday in Dublin. It is the 18th of July now. We're on the text, as usual, 51551, and from the north, text studio, and then your message to 80889. Now, we had a great reaction uh, to our chat yesterday with Catelyn Moran and her new best-selling book, What About Men? And she just wants to promote the... The good cause of men and, and get positive with teenage boys in particular who are angry about the rise of feminism, with which, which she's played a part, of course, and the feeling among those uh, kids, really, that it's gone too far. And so they're turning to the sinister world of Andrew Tate online and other places in the manosphere. And uh, she's talking about the need for positive role models and the need to be told about the good characteristics of men and masculinity. And we got so many messages from uh, teachers, principals and people like that that we're going to uh, come back and hope to return to this subject this morning. But do get in touch, 51551, because it got everyone chatting, got everyone chatting about what's going on in the world out there and what, what's wrong with men and what can we do uh, with them. Well, there's no shortage of role models across the papers uh, this morning. There's a fella getting rave reviews, Aina Hardwick. And I remember in my first few days standing in here about three years ago, I think it was, um, we were speaking to Aina. He's a Cork actor who's known to people as one of uh, Connell's friends in normal people three years ago. Uh, well, he's found his breakthrough role because the papers are universal in their praise or unilateral in their praise for the sixth commandment. As immaculate a piece of TV as you'll ever see, says The Guardian, it's a true crime tale and uh, about a predator poisoning two vulnerable victims. Harrowing and intense, impossible to look away, says The Guardian, who's given it five stars. And they've particularly pointed out Timothy Spall is in it. He's in kind of all these really good, intense uh, character actor studies. Uh, he plays one of the victims, but Aina Hardwick from Cork. He's a good name for an actor looking for stardom, doesn't he? And he has the fodder which is all important for us. Uh, so what do they say? The Guardian balancing the performance. This is a BBC series. That's why I'm starting with The Guardian. Balancing the performance and narrative scales is Aina Hardwick as, uh, as Ben, the, the killer. Um, which is uh, the real life, the real life killer. Uh, evil characters can be just as one note and boring as the good, but Hardwick manages to infuse Ben with such a disconcerting blend of calculation, charm and quiet, almost hidden glee in the Harmian flicks, that it is impossible to look away. You will want to. It is harrowing. And the Irish Times Z Power points out that Irish actors often get their big breaks in these gruelling, unmerciful parts. So he says whether it was Michael Fassbender in the hate block body horror Hunger or Killian Murphy fleeing zombies in 28 days later. Uh, but he's even he says that these examples pale compared to the bleak true crime drama The Sixth Commandment, which went out on BBC One last night. And uh, you would have to have recorded it at BBC and notoriously difficult for us to get hold of. And Cork newcomer Aina Hardwick, his grimly authentic performance as the convicted murderer Ben Field. And The Telegraph also says nothing cosy about this horrifying crime. And they gave him a rave review as well. And um, yeah, this was an interesting one that the Hitchcock could not have come up with something this appalling. And that's the uh, Anne-Marie Horahan or Howran in the Irish Independent. So good news there, a fella to watch. And um, he was talking to us about Vivarium uh, in April of 2020. So it's good news that he has found his breakthrough and um, we wish him well. Now, a bit of celebrity tat to recover from, from the, the anti-cosy crime, which is what they're calling us, is Lin Lindsay Lowen, who is someone I kind of vaguely know about. Parent Trap Star, it says here. But she's given birth to her first child. That's why she's in the news. And uh, herself and her husband, financier Badr Shamas. Uh, what else was she in? Freaky Friday. 
I barely know anything I've seen her in. I think I, I know her from various shambles she's been involved in because the tabloids kind of made her a sort of a, a star of, of, of disgraced stardom. Um, but, you know, poss- possibly looked at in a different light now, I would say, in hindsight, going she's going through um, um, the, the level of fame that nobody really wants in the acting world. And anyway, she's given birth to her first child, a baby boy. But what I, struck me is because the last thing she did was Falling for Christmas in Netflix, which people watched when they're very hungover and didn't want their brains to work. Uh, and her next thing on Netflix is called, it's a romantic comedy called Irish Wish. So that sounds... Um, that sounds really bad. So I'm looking forward, really looking forward to the trailers for that and for us kind of hate watching. Is that, a, is that a dead term now? Hate watching stuff? I think people kind of do. Maybe it's brilliant. Who knows? Lindsay Lohan. You know, can people, comebacks happen all the time. Look at um, Rick Astley, for example, having a great old comeback, having been semi-rubbished for a while. Um, it is silly season, so the stories about rabbits and Stephen's Green are, are in the headlines, which is good news. Don't forget, the silly season is sometimes a good time uh, because obviously the head, main headlines are all about how the world is ending and so on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, pet rabbits were being released to Dublin's Stephen's Green and that has been decried as irresponsible by the Dublin Society for, for prevention of cruelty to animals. Um, they captured the four rabbits in the park. These are lion head rabbits. And uh, Gillian Bird, which is another delightful name for her job, says the four, yeah, the lionhead rabbits now exclusively kept as pets in Ireland. So she says, who would release these into the wild or, or at least a park? They've no knowledge of how to deal with predators. They'd be killed by urban foxes. So they, they rescued them and they are now doing well and coping well. And the lionhead rabbits are now asking and appealing for privacy at this difficult time. All right, and we will duly give it to them now, shall we? The Examiner tells us, I love these little kind of global stories that have uh, tiny little Irish references to them uh, because the pink love heart is the most popular new emoji of 2023 and the current year has been best summed up by the melting face emoji. Do you know that one? I send that to. I send that to people all the time lately. I don't know why. Uh, It's according to the World Emoji Awards which happened at the New York Stock Exchange for, I don't know why it's happening there, the World Emoji uh, Awards, and uh, they were unveiled by a Dubliner. That's why they're in the news here. Dubliner Keith Brony, who's the editor-in-chief of online emoji dictionary Emojipedia. Emojipedia are the owners of this. Basically, is it the first time we have a kind of a global language that everyone understands? Emojis is the emoji. Do we recognise that as a language? Not really. But, you know, people will know what you're talking about if you communicate in emojis, let's face it. And so the pink love heart, I'm surprised at that one. Obviously, the the youngsters um, have a big sway in this. Uh, Emojis, he says, this is uh, Mr. Keith Brony from Dublin, can be traced back to pagers in Japan in the 1990s and are now updated annually. Uh, Very often, actually, this comes out. So they're now celebrating 10 years of emojis. So there you go. That's what's happening there. The melting face is relatively new. Pink love heart is is the, um, the most popular new emoji of the year. I find that kind of relatively surprising, to be honest with you. Um, Now, uh, the US Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, was in China. And the minute you say China now, it feels like the 80s and China is the kind of Russia of the 80s, where everyone's just kind of slowly telling us, oh, we're quite scared of that country, you know, oh, oh, they're going to do bad things. And in the references to the atomic bomb, which is Oppenheimer in the news because of the film, uh, it's like, oh, this is a big threat. And the Americans, particularly on the Republican side, have been flamming up that threat. Well, anyway, Janet Yellen's gone off to China, uh, which they're trying to do all these diplomatic missions, the, the Democrats in power, to try and soften things down. But she ended up eating mushrooms in a restaurant, a Beijing restaurant. Zhang Xu King 
is a type of wild mushroom, which is usually has to be cooked thoroughly because if it's not cooked the whole way through, they're, well, they're hallucinogenic. And people are now suggesting in America that perhaps they weren't fully cooked because she was acting a little bit strange. Mortifying, in fact, the New York Times says, because she started bowing uh, to Chinese officials. And you're not supposed to do that in these diplomatic missions. You don't bow and show subservience to your government opposite numbers, not at a time, a raucous time for international relations. Uh, so she's bowing and looking very, very happy with herself. And the funky fungi apparently are known for their unpredictable psychedelic effects. And she ordered extra helpings of the mushrooms and the restaurant said they were delighted to serve her and in, in a very tongue-in-cheek manner said it was an extremely magical day when Janet Yellen came. And of course the papers have chosen the pictures of her looking slightly merry. Uh, so she would have, if it happened, inadvertently consumed um, these mushrooms and these mushrooms trended in Chinese social media and people were talking about yeah one minute you can be walking straight after these and next minute you sort of can be falling sideways the shrooms can be very very potent and have an effect on Janet Yellen she's mortified and of course she's committed the great sin of government officials abroad she's made a show of herself abroad you can't cope with that 51551 is the text number um, a recent court case in Canada, this texture says, and this is true, yes, I remember this story, uh, has found that using the thumbs up emoji now counts as a contractual agreement, which has uh, a Canadian court ruled last week, yes, it was something to do with farmers and crops, and they said, no, I didn't agree to anything. I said, well, you actually replied in a WhatsApp message, a thumbs up, we think that's an affirmative, you have basically signed a contract Thumbs up emoji, not going to be applicable in Ireland. That would take some case here and probably 20 years of wrangling and then appeals and so on. Um, spoiler alert, this person says, I'm totally absorbed watching Timothy Spall and our Aina. So that must be a Cork texter, I presume, because it's our Aina. They don't recognise them as Irish actors. They're just, they're Cork first and they might let us claim them and they'll have to do a Daniel Day-Lewis and claim an Irish passport afterwards. That's it. And the texts are already coming in. They're worried about um, Lindsay Lohan's Irish wish, wish film. P.S. I love you. Leap year. Wild mountain time. Far and away. Ryan's daughter. And on and on we could go. Welcome, Lindsay Lohan, to the vast pantheon of Hollywood Irish films that we will all grow to love-hate here in old Ireland, says Bill, with a capital O for Ireland. Ireland. Uh, now, a very unfortunate uh, cruise liner trip went, went awry off the Faroe Islands. Uh, the Ambition Cruise Line um, told its passengers, look, we're going to go and see lovely whales. These are pilot whales uh, out around the Faroe Islands. You're going to have a lovely time. Get your cameras ready now. And they sailed into Torshaven and the Faroe Islands, which is this autonomous group of islands, uh, autonomous of, of Denmark. They kind of have their own rules slightly outside the EU. And um, what did they see? Only to see the ritual slaughtering of pilot whales by the locals, who had driven them there specifically as part of a whale hunt, which happens all the time. But the Ambassador Cruise Lines forgot to Google this basic thing, and so they had to apologise to all the um, terrified passengers for what they described as last week's unpleasantness, which I love. It's one of the great, great euphemisms. And uh, we were incredibly disappointed this hunt occurred at the time that our ship was in port. We strongly object to the outdated practice and we are working with our partners, a charity dedicated to studying and protecting whales. And they've apologised to their passengers. But the Faroe Islands people come out and said, no, no, said, hang on a second now. This is, this is part of our heritage. We've been doing this for a thousand years. We've been slaughtering the whales and the, along the port. I don't know what they sound like in the Faroe Islands. I presume this is what they sound like. Are we round up the whales and uh, we... We kill the whales. We've been doing it for a thousand years. Meat and blubber since we settled here millennia ago. 
And so they see anyone trying to stop them as more foreign colonial interference. So there you go. They, they kill dolphins and everything up there, the Faroe Islands. Um, but it's, it's, it's their heritage. And the, the, the pilot whales are protected under British and EU laws, neither of which apply to the waters of the Faroe Islands, I dare you. Um, dog lovers out there are going to be delighted if you're in the Anglican community because it's happening now. Uh, the, Angli- the, the Church of England Anglican side and the Church of Ireland we, we have yet to hear any comment on but they're letting dogs in uh, to cathedral not just guide dogs they're already allowed in and your support dogs and all that uh, these are pet animals um, all creatures great and small we believe going to be allowed in through the doors of Canterbury Cathedral and other cathedrals in places like Worcester which is um, a very difficult one to spell based on how you pronounce it you know Worcester Worcester you've been there making prawn cocktail at Christmas going where is the Worcester sauce you mean the Worcester sauce and um, Chichester or Chichester, I don't know. Sure, they don't know how to speak English over in England, do they? They barely know it. And uh, it's, oh, it's a trial scheme, but they're going to let, this is to attract more visitors into the churches if they let the dogs in. So dogs are coming in everywhere. This is, a, this is another, I, I like dogs, but I'm not, I'm not sure about the welcoming dogs everywhere. Uh, so, oh God, I don't want to welcome the wrath of dog owners. But uh, like I say, everywhere, many places, but not everywhere. Uh, but anyway, will the Catholics look at this because the dwindling numbers are there. Bring in the animals, bring in the pets. Uh, but at least the Anglicans here, the Church of Ireland, should surely consider it. If the Archbishop of Canterbury himself, the Most Reverend Justin Welby, has joining the, um, is joining the campaign to let our faithful four-legged companions inside the hallowed halls. Why can't they worship, you know? Um, now, we all know that the world is coming to an end and everything and it's burning and all of that. And I, I tried to say it funny because it's the only way we can cope, really, when you can sort of wryly look at it. Um, but as you'd expect, people just don't, don't know how to behave properly. I was amazed by it. There was a Vox Pop in Morning Ireland yesterday. I don't know if you heard people jetting off to places that are burning up and they're delighted. They can't wait for the heat. But uh, tourists are going to Death Valley in America because they want to experience the possible world record heat of 55 degrees Celsius. And they're actually going there, taking pictures of themselves in front of the thermometer and challenging themselves to go running in the sweltering heat. Uh, this is just, you know, you're expecting humans to go, oh, yes, this is really bad. We need to correct our behaviour. No, no, this is a selfie opportunity. And I might go for a jog, which is going to cause problems for all the rangers out there who tell people, please stay away. Uh, don't go out. Don't go outside after 10 a.m. And certainly don't go jogging. What is wrong with you? Is there a want? Uh, please calm yourselves down. 51551 is our text this morning. Good role models for men and boys. Well, look no further than their man, our fella, our own Damo Dempsey. Up the yard, Damo. Good morning, all. Ah, Damo Dempson is busting out of here. 51551, that's our text number. Uh, the dogs, yes, hi Oliver. The dogs are welcome. A friend of mine brings her little Westie Bobby to Mass in a Church of England church here in Derbyshire, says Joe. There's another one that, that you can mispronounce, not Derbyshire, Derbyshire. And uh, I don't think they call it Mass either, do they? Church. We get to church. Church service. Um, this person, just back from Edinburgh, I was surprised to find there's a lot of cafes allowed people to bring their dogs in. I love my dog. But sharing this space with people's scruffy four-legged friends puts me off my coffee, I'm afraid, says Moira. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm grand for coffees and teas, but it's when the open sandwiches and things are in the room. You can't work. And I think it's because I grew up in a house where the dogs are very much outside. Farm dogs are outdoors. So it's different for people who are used to having the animals inside and they steam clean their four floors every day and they're, they're very well-behaved animals. Every year on the Feast of St. Francis, which is October 4th, there are blessings of pets in Catholic churches, says Dan. That's news to me. St. Francis, of course, he was the, um, the Dr. Doolittle character, wasn't he? He talked to animals and nice, nice to birds, stuff like that. An Italian saint um, over there. Good name for a dog, actually, St. Francis, isn't it? Saints could be good names for dogs too, or just saint. Call a dog saint. Uh, probably the worst dog in particular. And uh, what is, oh, the selfies brigade. And what about the idiot that caused a huge pileup in the Tour de France because he wanted to take a selfie says John. That is true. The fellow went out to take a picture of himself in front of everyone and the selfies. Their phones, the smartphones that make us stupid. That's just the world we're in now. Actually, Tour de France reminds me of, um, remember the time I came down to Ireland, the Tour de France? That's 20 years ago this summer, 2003, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, 51551, that's our text number. We're going to be meeting two very interesting guests this morning after the break who are involved in a connecting artist programme. So we have an author and a visual artist who've come together the breaking down stereotypes is a really, really good idea and it's working very well. We're going to talk about it after these. And there's a nice reaction coming in on our text 51551. I want to give a shout out to the other artists involved actually in connection, artcentre.ie to find all the information. You have Thomas Higgins in there, Samuel Hilliard, uh, Neve Eldridge, Matthew Sexton, Mark Buckley, Keith Finneran, Jessica Londy, Jennifer Humphreys, Libby Hendrick and Clement Yang because uh, Jennifer there kind of stole the show on us so we nearly forgot to mention some of the artists. Congratulations and well done to Jennifer. I'm glued to the radio here in Galway says this text is so refreshing to hear this young lady's story. Yeah, and she just sounded like she was giddy, mischievous, up for a bit of crack. Um, like you heard, she was nervous, shaking, making the application and the difference it's made to her world and the difference it'll make to our world, having her art uh, in, in and around the place. 51551, that's the text. Let's have a little bit of music, shall we? That's your little helping of R&B there. Ray, it's called, and Ray is the artist, and worth it is the name of the track. 51551, that's our text number. Good morning, Oliver. As a visual artist, uh, a painter, the visual arts is a universal language. I consider emojis in a similar light. There should be a competition for the best piece of writing using emojis. No cheating, using the chat GPT and all of that. And she's listening to us uh, in her studio. Geraldine O'Reardon. Good morning, Geraldine. And now you've got the opposite number and another texter. Jane says, I'm over 70 years old. I don't know what an emoji is. I have no Twitter, no TikTok. No Instagram or anything. And you know what? I don't give two dams. I text. I make phone calls. That's enough for an old one like me. Says Jane, you're missing out, um, Jane, on the emojis. But if you don't need them in your life, you don't need them. And a correction. I knew there was an anniversary to the Tour de France, but not the one I said. I said it was 20 years ago. No, the Tour de France came to Ireland in the summer of 1998. Came through Cabinteely. We lived there at the time. I brought my newly born grandson, Oisin, to witness history in action, says Angela. Yes, I was down in Yall. Um, in the summer of 1998. Good time, good innocent days, weren't they? <laughs> no climate change or anything there. Bit of an old crash, though. I remember Boardman had a, a crash coming over the bridge into Yall. Or Yall, as I say down there. And on the Death Valley, this is the people uh, heading for the selfies to find the, uh, 
The place is going to be the hottest temperature ever recorded on Earth. They're expecting 55 degrees Celsius. The BBC report this morning, including the park ranger there, described the crowds as so exciting for so many people. It's like not quite the message we were expecting. That's all for today. Um, Philip Boucher Hayes is next. Good morning, all.